0: Uh, my subject today, I'm, t- I'm teaching from Romans uh, chapter 15, chapter 15, and Romans chapter 15 is sort of a summation. The first verse is a summation of chapter 14. Uh, can anybody give me one thing that I said in chapter 14? Anything? Anybody? Just shout it out. You can internalize it and you know how to live right. R- when you internalize this, you'll know how to live right. It's, it's, yes ma'am? Godly comportment. Godly comportment. How, how to conduct your life. Uh, carefully, is there anybody on the right? Uh, <laughs> yes, you—you you, how to relate to the people you're having a problem with, you know how how to relate to the people you're having a problem with, and so so this is good stuff. Anybody else want to give give me a shout quickly? Say it loudly. Now who said that? Where's it coming from? Okay, but would you mind standing and tell me? Oh, not to be so judgmental. Yes. Wow. It's a similar one. Um, let's just get to the point where we stop looking at people with like a You know what? I, I can hear you, but I don't see you. Wave at me. Oh, oh, oh there you are right there. I heard a voice. It's like you know, you're being in your house and nobody's there but you and you hear a voice. Yeah. Oh, yes, ma'am. It's my hearing. It's not your voice. Yes, let's get to the point where we stop giving these people that side-eye, you know. That strange look. Yeah, let's do that. And so, okay. Did you say something? Okay, so so then let's read verse 1 of chapter 15. It says, we then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. So then... If you are really strong, then show it, is what Paul is saying. Don't just say you're strong and not be strong in the Lord. He's saying, say it, act like it, walk in it if you have strength. Then Paul goes on to tell us how to continue to walk out our Christian life. I'm not sure about you. I certainly will not uh, judge you. But some things I've had to really walk out, they were challenging for me. I mean, I'm being straight up with you. They were challenging for me. I could do well, and then somebody would keep on doing that annoying thing, and then I would just kind of be somebody else for a while. Maybe, maybe you know what I'm saying? I know the people in the back; they have no problem with this stuff. <laughs> so I know why right now people sit sit, uh, sit at the front. Yes, I need the all of God I can get. You know, so, you know, if you have a particular issue with something, and then somebody just keeps bringing it to you, and it's like, will you learn how not to bring that to me? And they haven't learned it because you haven't learned what you're supposed yes. to. It's where it is, and so and so. This is amazing. So he says in verse two. <clears throat> Let each of us please his neighbor for his good. Wow, you mean you have a neighbor that you have to please? You've got that annoying neighbor, and it, and a neighbor is not just somebody who lives next door to you. It is certainly that, but it's it's maybe somebody who comes and sits next to you in church. Yeah, yeah. And so he says, let each of us please his neighbor for his good. Not, not you. Oh, Lord, would you send me a better neighbor? No. I want you to be better. <laughs> wow. So this is real Christianity. Yes, it is. This is how it works. You, have you noticed the things that you've been praying for and asking God for, he hasn't given to you? And you talking about it's a lack of your faith? No, it's a lack, lack of you acting out the gospel. Yeah, that's the way that works. Wow. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. So you want to build people up. So he says, leading to edification, building them up. For even Christ did not please himself. Uh, Now, before I go to the as it is written, he says, even Christ did not please himself. What he's saying is, if anybody should have had the right to have everything working perfectly in his life, it was Christ, the perfect man. He said, but he didn't go around trying to please himself. <clears throat> very, very good. So, as Christians, we are called to walk out the life of Jesus Christ, not to be comfortable in every single situation. Wow. Now, I'm, 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 talking, I'm talking about myself as well. I have wanted comfort. I I have wanted people to cease from troubling so that the weary could be at rest. (laughs) So, so you see what I'm saying? So, but oftentimes we want everybody to be perfect while we are still walking imperfectly. So he says, even Christ did not please himself. Christ did not go around pleasing himself. He, he says, for, uh, but it, it, as it is written, but as it is written. So Christ walked out the scriptures. He says, the reproaches of those who reproach you, speaking of God, fell on me. Wow. So Jesus went, uh, shored up under all the, the people who hated God hated him. Did you get that? The people who hated God hated him. <clears throat> so those people who despise, look down upon, and hate God will hate you. And you're saying, I'm tired of this. Well, you tired of being like God? No. Let us never be tired of being like God. This is a part of our Christian walk. Somebody say amen. Amen. So verse uh, 4 says, for whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Wow. So it says that for whatever things were written before were written for our learning. At this particular juncture, uh, the, the time that... Paul was writing this, he was referring to the Old Testament, I'm sure, that those things that were written in the Old Testament were uh, written for our learning. For those people, the learning of the New Testament saints, they needed to know how to walk their life out by reading the scriptures. When you read the New Testament, you find that so much in the New Testament comes from the, the, the law the five books of Moses. It comes from yep. the, uh, the prophets. It comes from the Psalms. Yes. And now when we look back, we find an amplification of the Old Testament in the New. Yes.
1: Yes. Wow.
0: Yes. This is amazing. So he, but Paul was saying to that audience and thus to us, everything has been written was written for you to learn and do. Yes. Well, for us to learn and to do. Yes. In the Old Testament, God's people were maltreated. In the New Testament, uh, they were maltreated. You know, in the the Old Testament, prophets were killed. I mean, the world hated them. Did we think we were going to have a cushy life? Yes, we did. Because we were told, come to Jesus and everything will be all right. Everything will be all right in the end. But yeah, yes. So the Old Testament prophets were were killed. Actually, many of them were murdered. Why? Because the people didn't want to hear the truth. And so there's been a a, a strange anomaly, a a, a strange happening, an abnormal thing that's happened in in our churches today, is that rather than being so different than the world, too many of us have joined them, I believe, so as to escape persecution. It may be a subtle thing that you are not aware of, but to, but to escape the ire of the world and those who say they are Christian and are not. So we just, we've joined them. Now, you know, that's been my song for quite a while here at the Church Fellowship. It's been my song. That's been my perpetual song, basically, come out from the, uh, the world, come out from among them, come out from the world, and be transformed, right? Uh, or to be, yeah, and then God will receive us. So, so let's see, see what Paul is saying further, okay? So these things uh, were written for our learning that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope and so the the scriptures do not only describe the difficulties of walking with God but the scriptures uh, Paul is saying here uh, through the patience and comfort or through the endurance uh, the scripture shows us how the, those who are in God endure oh, that's big they endure difficulties They don't just put up with difficulty. They endure. Uh, That's what he means by through patience. You know, patient, enduring, and comfort. So God comforts us. He He will comfort us in our difficulty. But oftentimes, we don't wait on the Lord to comfort. You know, we act out uh, in a way that that is not pleasing. And so through the comfort of the Scripture, patience and comfort of the Scriptures, uh, that we might have hope. Let me read that again. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. And this hope is might have the expectation that God is going to deliver us because that's what we see in the scripture. We see how those things came against the saints. Now, uh, you'll have people uh, who, like uh, Zechariah was killed between the, uh, I think, the the altar and the the temple. He was killed there at the door. Man, that's right, the threshold. He was murdered there. Um, But you find others who... Uh, had immediate deliverance, and then others had uh, later deliverance. So some of us may have immediate deliverance, and we we shout like that's the pattern. We go, wow, man, that's the pattern. If you'll have faith like I had, no, man, that was the will of God. Maybe you didn't have enough faith. Maybe God just proclaimed something for you to save you. So we have made a pattern of faith like escaping difficulty. Yeah, but that's not the scripture. And I think the last day's church will see that and, and bear it out. You know, you may, you may have escaped difficulty, but that's not for everybody. And what the scripture tells me, it's not for everybody, right? Okay. Some of you know what's right, and some of you are wondering about it. Verse <laughs> 5 says, now may the God of patience. Well, he just said that, that we, uh, through the patience and comfort of the scripture might have hope. Now he's telling us uh, where you find your patience. He says, now may the God of patience and comfort. So if, when, you, when you are able to endure, that's the God who is, is always enduring. He is the enduring God. He lasts forever. He goes through every difficulty that's in the earth without changing who he is. And so he says, now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus. And what he shows us in this is that Christ Jesus is the same as the Father. Christ Jesus was the God of endurance and of comfort. Wow. And so God is saying something to all of us believers. He's saying how we get over. There was a song years ago. I don't remember all of the lyrics, but I wasn't such a good singer, so I didn't remember all the lyrics. But he says, how I got over. And I think the song repeats it. How I got over. You do remember that song? How does it say? My soul looks back and wonder how I got over. I mean, there's some truth in that because sometimes we, we, we're still so human even though we know God brought, got us over because he is, and Jesus, as it were, got us over because what? He is the God of patience or endurance and comfort. And he, and he has granted you to be like-minded. Isn't that big? is that big? Wow. He says... And, and and I like this. Let me read verse five again. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus. And he's telling us to not to be so uppity or we're so strong that we trample over the weak.
1: Amen. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yes. You know. So we ought to be like-minded. The reproaches of those who hated God fell on us. Be like-minded, right? So he says that you may. They like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus. And what he's saying, says according to Christ Jesus, he is saying this reality, this ability, this power, this patience and endurance come from Jesus. That's what he says, according to Christ Jesus. Jesus is the head and it is all of this power is coming through him. And one of, the, one of the things that I believe the church has been guilty of, and I'm not here to pound on the church, uh, uh, the, the church but I'm saying that there are some shortcomings. When you t- are rearing kids, uh, my mom wouldn't, uh, didn't allow us to say raising, you know. She said, you raise cattle and stuff like that. You rear, you rear, you bring up, you guide children. And so, but, but when you are rearing them, if you are saying yes to everything they do, you're a bad parent. If you're excusing every, everything that they do, you're a bad parent. Now, now don't, don't be mad and leave the church. What I'm saying, and don't be angry and cut off uh, the video. So what I'm saying is, is that it's like my friend Don said. Remember this, Don? I told you the story about Don. Don. Don was a car salesman. Uh, and how, have you, how many of you have not heard this Don story about the car salesman? Okay, enough for me to repeat it. <laughs> so Don 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 was always I think he sold me a couple of cars. He certainly sold me at least one, but he was all he was a navigator. They learned scriptures and everything. Had to cutest little boys, you know, l- l- remind you of the much of uh, you know, the boys, you know, bl- little yellow haired boys, you know, blonde hair boys. And so Don, they were little toddlers on the floor and he, sa- he had invited me into his house for some reason. He says, hey, Don, look at them, little sinners, little sinners. <laughs> <laughs> had never heard anybody call the kids sinners (laughs) you know you know he said they're little sinners and I chuckled but I thought this is crazy but I kind of chuckled inside but as I grew either Don was right we're all born into sin and so sometimes we act like our children aren't little sinners you know if they weren't little sinners you would never have to introduce them to Jesus yeah so 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 all of this comes from Jesus. Now look at verse 6. It says I need to read the whole thing again. Forgive me for that. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus, that you may, with one mind, all of us, with one mind and one mouth, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I sure love that. Now may I read it to you in the ESV, the English Standard Version. The, the King. See, every version will bring you some nuance some, some idea of what God is saying. Almost every version. Let me say it differently. Almost every version. Some of them, I just think, let's throw it out. I said, man, you just shouldn't have been, <laughs> shouldn't have translated anything. But, but let's read the, the English standard verse. He says, verse five, may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus with uh, in accord with Christ Jesus means the ability that comes from Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. So he's saying to you, welcome brothers and sisters who are weak. He is not saying that you welcome brothers and sisters who are engaged in adultery, who are engaged in fornication, who's engaged in lying and stealing, robbery. No, that's not a brother or sister, or it's somebody who needs to be converted. Uh, Let let me uh, just give you a couple of uh, witnesses. John chapter 4, verse 34. I'm not sure if I sent that in, but John chapter 4, 34, and John chapter 8, 29. We're going to read both of those. Um, John chapter 4, 34, Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And so he says, Paul is saying, Be like Jesus. So, what is your aim and goal? Is your aim and goal is to be rich, and then you will give to the Lord? Uh, or your your aim, your goal is is to get everything right, and then you will live right? No, it says, "My food is to do the will of Him who sent me." I mean, that's that is one, my one goal is to do the will of Him who sent me, and I'm so grateful that He sent me. In John 8:29, John 8:29, He says, "And He who sent me is with me." Did you hear that? And he who sent me is with me. He who sent me is with me. So that's what is Jesus is saying. Je- what is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying that the one who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone. These are the words of Jesus. John recorded them. Paul is reciting, uh, uh, referring to them. He says, And he who sent me is with me. So, if the Lord God sends you to do a work, the Lord God will be with you in the work. I can tell you that emphatically. Yes, God who sends you will be with you. Amen. He has not left me alone. For I always do those things that please him. Jesus says, I live my life for him. And I've endeavored to live my life for him. I have endeavored to live my life for him. I am not perfectly doing that, but I sure do try every day I wake up to live my life for him. Hallelujah, somebody. I want you to look at Psalm 69.9, if you have Psalm 69.9. And this is uh, uh, from the Psalm. I, I love this because, because uh, these are the words that Jesus acted out when he drove everybody from the temple. He drove every, uh, those people who, not everybody, those who were selling and exchanging money and all of that. So it says, zeal for your house has eaten me up. And the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. Now this is what he says: Zeal for your house has eaten me up. Well, this is what Jesus is saying. I, I'm so I'm so blessed by. It. He's saying, He's saying, I so want to and do your will. I'm consumed with it. Yes.
1: Yes.
0: Are you consumed? Amen. Come on. Are you consumed with doing the will of God, or are you thinking about being consumed? Wow. Can I tell you? I'm consumed with it. I'm not boasting. I'm consumed with it. Sometimes I'm so consumed I I forget to confer with those I should confer with. So consumed with it. Verse 7, Paul says, therefore receive one another, just as Christ also received us. I think the DSV would say, therefore receive one another just as Christ also received you. Us is good, but us us is too broad. I wanted to make it personal. Let's receive one another. Let's don't think of ourselves so high and mighty. You know, I, I, let me just kind of digress a minute. I am just shocked that so many believers who can sit in church, God brings you to a church, and not just this church, but any church, and he's, he places you under a a an under-shepherd, and you just pick and choose what you want to believe. I'm shocked at that. It, it, it's epidemic. People just do what they want to do. Yeah, I know a pastor said this, but... But what if you can't trust somebody that God gives to you, Houston? You've got a problem. You know, we just we do our own things. I'm so shocked at believers who are out there doing their own thing. I told you a number of years ago how, when um, I was we were young, we were kids. There, I didn't know we were bratty until I got older. I was a grown man, pastoring, I think, before I realized we were bratty. In other words, when ch- churches had dinners, in those days they had dinners and people brought their food, remember? No, no, some of y'all don't remember, but uh, some of you remember. Uh, those of you who remember, yeah, know we, uh, yeah, you bring the food, right? And we were so bratty, we wouldn't eat anybody's food but our mother's. I mean, other people just eat everybody's food, trying to eat my mother's food before we could get something. And so, but, but this is what I, I gathered from that uh, after I started to pastor, I realized that there are some people who will just eat anything, and 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 uh, there are some people who are selective. I learned the value of good food as a child. And I always wanted good, natural food. And and it, it morphed into something else or became something else. I then only preferred good, clean, spiritual food. Well prepared. By clean hands. Yeah. I knew my mom washed often. And I married somebody who washed often. Yeah. Okay. I'm just talking about... Don't eat at any table. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. Okay. Verse 8. Now I say that Jesus Christ. Now Paul is saying. This is powerful. Now I say. Can you hear that? That apostle. Paul probably died or was was martyred when he was much younger than I am. But he called himself Paul the aged. And I keep calling myself Don the young. (laughs) It's Okay. All right, verse (laughs) 8. Now I say that Jesus Christ has become, this is a pattern for us, a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God. So he he was a servant to all uh, the Jews, the circumcision for the truth of God, to bring them on the right course, to confirm the promises made to the fathers. So Jesus came as a confirmation of what God had given to the fathers Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and so forth. He says, and not only that, this is amazing. He came for those reasons. Don't be distracted for no reason at all. Don't be uh, distracted. And he came that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. Brothers and sisters, are we Gentiles glorifying God for his mercy? Are we really glorified? Do we know that we were not a part of this thing and Jesus came to make us a part of this amazing family of God? Somebody ought to say something for the Lord. He said that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. And then Paul says, as it is written. As it is written. So he goes back to the scripture. He told us that, that everything was written before was written for our learning, for our understanding. So that we through the the patience and in, endurance and, of, and the comfort of the scriptures might have hope, might have an expectation of God. That's what he says. So I live every day with an expect- expectation of God. Do you live every day with an expectation of God? Is there for you. Amen. It's like a mom preparing good food and a child, a little small child, you know, uh, d- didn't want to eat some food or something. And she, she, later on at night, he or she would say, Mom, I'm hungry. Say, well, I prepared food. It was there for you. Yeah. That's what, that's what we ought to say. Not, Well, okay, baby, I'll go out to Hortaburger. Don't worry, I'll go out to Bubba's and, and I'll, I'll I'll go out to uh, Wall Bangers or uh, don't worry, baby, I'll even go out to Old Steakhouse. I'll go out I'll go out to Kiko's for you, baby. You want some Chick Fil A? You know? Uh. No, no. That's <laughs> So, so Pastor Jackson says, we, uh, we ought to have the, 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 the word, baby, breakfast is coming. Yeah. <laughs> in, in other words, you wait till morning. You know, you, you write it out. So, so it'll be like that old song. I'll be here when the morning comes. Yeah. Say for he says Paul says says for this reason, he says as it is written for this reason, I will confess to you among the Gentiles and sing to your name for this reason that I'm that that the Gentiles might be one with your people Israel that they might glorify God for His mercy. He says I will confess to you among the Gentiles. Are we confessing Jesus in our workplaces? Are we living that kind of a godly life? He says and sing to your name or your name or your songs all the pop songs all of the whatever songs or are they gospel songs and he, Paul says in verse 10 and again he says rejoice O Gentiles with his people verse 11 and again praise the Lord all you Gentiles Lord him all you peoples like praise him give him glory verse 12 and again Isaiah says there shall be a root of Jesse and he who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles. In him the Gentiles shall hope. I have hope in him. I have hope in him. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound, be abundant in hope in expectation by the power of the Holy Spirit by the power of the holy spirit i pray for you and i bless you in jesus name that you would be strong in the lord in every way and that and that if you are not a believer here today or online i am asking you to consider the words that we pray we've preached and I want you to be better. I want all of us to be better and and later we'll come back for a brief period where we're going to ask you to come to Jesus Christ. That is to come from your wilderness experience all those wolves and ravenous creatures out there. They're, they're called men. They have two legs and, and they're ravenous and they're mean and evil and you can't trust them. Come out of that wilderness and, and live your life for Jesus. This is what we're asking you to do and if you are here today and you you live for Jesus, I want you to say, I'm going to endeavor to live more solidly for Jesus. Amen? I'll be back in just a minute.